Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Ruth. Chapter 4. Be reading verse 13 to the end of the chapter. the word of the Lord. Give it your reverent attention, because it is he who speaks when it is read, the Lord Jesus. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife, and he went into her. And the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. Then The woman said to Naomi, the women rather said to Naomi, Blessed is the Lord who has not left you without a Redeemer today, and may his name become famous in Israel. May he also be to you a restorer of life and a sustainer of your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and is better to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him in her lap and became his nurse. And the neighbor women gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. So they named him Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now these are the generations of Perez. To Perez was born Hezron, And to Hezron was born Ram, and to Ram Amenadab, and to Amenadab was born Nashon, and to Nashon Salmon, and to Salmon was born Boaz, and to Boaz Obed, and to Obed was born Jesse, and to Jesse David. Amen. Pray with me. O Lord, we rejoice in the opportunity to hear from you afresh this morning through your word read and preached. We ask for grace to be good hearers. We ask for grace for me to not say anything that is contrary to what uh, your scriptures teach. And indeed, that is more than that, is also um, helpful and spiritually nutritious for your people. Would you please honor yourself also in this act of preaching. May the glory be to you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Children, when we love someone, when you love someone, or I love someone, or anybody in this room loves someone, when we love someone, really love them a lot, we often like to show people that we love that we love them. We like to do certain things that show that person um, that they're loved by us, right? So, for example, you love your parents, right? And I'm pretty sure all of you children pretty regularly give your mom and dad a hug, right? Yes? You hug your mom and dad? Yeah, right. And you do that because you love them, and you want them to know that you love them, 
right? And there are other things that you probably do. Maybe you do your chores quickly and cheerfully because you love your mom or dad who gave you the chore to do. You should. That's one way you can show your mom and dad that you love them. Um, and there are other things that you do, too. Maybe, uh, maybe you go out and pick flowers for your mom. Or maybe your dad. I don't know. Um, I used to do that as a kid, actually. I would pick, my mom really liked wild flowers, and so I'd go out and pick flowers for her and bring them, and she'd put them in a vase. Um, so we do things to show those that we love that we love them. Your parents, by the way, they do things for you because they love you, right? So perhaps on occasion, your mom might bake your favorite cookies just because she loves you and wants you to be pleased with the cookies. And she wants to show you, I love you, so I'm going to bake your cookies. Or, or maybe your favorite cake, or maybe your favorite dish at uh, dinner or at lunch. Sometimes uh, they give you gifts. Uh, if there's some gift that you've been wanting for quite a while, you might get it for your birthday or at, at Christmas time. Uh, and they do that because they want you to know, I love you, and I'm, so I want to buy you this gift because I know it'll make you happy. Well, just as we children show to others that we love, we, we do things to show them that we love them. God does the same thing. And in this passage, God is, is doing the same thing. Actually, throughout Ruth, uh, the book of Ruth, but we're going to focus particularly on this passage, but I'm going to refer to some other uh, things that happened earlier in the book as well. But um, God is showing Ruth and others in this, as we'll see in just a moment, uh, in this uh, account, that he loves them with covenant love, the love that we sang of in the first hymn that we uh, sang this morning was about uh, the love that God shows us through the covenant that he made with us, uh, actually that he made with Jesus and in Jesus with us, that covenant of grace by which he forgives us. One of the principal themes of the, uh, of the book of Ruth is this concept of covenant love or covenant loyalty or covenant faithfulness. The Hebrew word can be translated all three of those ways and some other ways too that are similar. But covenant love, love that flows from a covenant, is love that is can be expressed by God's people towards other people. Uh, we are, as part of our covenant with God and our covenant with others around us in the, in the household of faith, we are to show love to our fellow brethren. And also, we uh, when we show God that we love him by obeying him and by trusting him and by seeking him in his word and in prayer and in worship, we are also showing covenant love toward God. But of course... The most important covenant love there is, is God's covenant love for us, his people. And this passage, um, and this book, but particularly, uh, I want to highlight it in this passage that we're looking at today at the end of the book, focuses on God's covenant love for us and his manifesting that love for us. That brings me to the three points uh, that we will uh we're going to unpack uh, in the next few minutes together. First of all, uh, we'll see that Yahweh manifests his covenant love to Ruth. 
And we'll look at uh, two ways in which he does that. Secondly, we're going to see that Yahweh uh, manifests his covenant love to Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law. And then finally, we're going to see that Yahweh manifests his covenant love to all Israel. And that's particularly where we're going to be looking at this section and focusing on this section that I'm reading here now, verses 13 and following. First, we see in this book, and and, and this passage as well, uh, verse 13, the first part of it, that God manifests his covenant love to Ruth herself, who is the heroine, if you will, in the in the book. Uh, short book, four chapters, but it is, we call it the book of Ruth. Um, he does this in two ways. The Lord does manifest his covenant love to uh, Ruth. He does first by providing her with a husband, and then secondly by enabling her to see, conceive and give birth to a son. So first, he manifests his covenant love to Ruth by providing her with a husband. Now, in ancient times, in the the ancient Near East, but really, uh, well, we're talking about the ancient Near East here, but it was true all over the world, pretty much every society, a woman's position or situation, we'll say, in society in the ancient world differed greatly from what you ladies enjoy here in the 21st century in America. Um, that's something to be thankful for, ladies. Um, the ancient world was a man's world. Uh, a world in which women had relatively few rights. They had more rights in Jewish, in the Jewish culture than they did anywhere else in the world. But even then, uh, they had limited rights compared to men. They were heavily, heavily dependent upon men in their lives for their well-being, and for their security. They were dependent upon their fathers when they were young, and just little girls, and they were dependent upon their husbands that they had to have, uh, in many ways, that was, it was very important that a, a young lady got a husband back then, uh, to provide for her, and to watch over her and care for her in a cruel world which was the world of the ancient ancients. One of the worst things that could happen to a woman in the ancient world was to lose the man or men in her life, upon whom men upon whom she was dependent. When that happened, she was had no one to protect to protect her or even to provide for her. And she had few, if any, resources of her own to care for herself uh, in a situation like that. It was a very desperate situation to be in. To be a widow, for example. Or to be an orphan, especially, um, well, an orphan girl, but uh, it was not easy for orphan boys either. But particularly hard for little girls. Early on in the book of Ruth... Uh, we've been working our way through that, mostly in the evening uh, service. Uh, but for those of you that haven't been there for that uh, evening service times, and we've been looking at Ruth, you're familiar with the book, I'm sure. Pretty much everyone here is. But earlier on in the, bo- in the, uh, in, in the situation that Ruth is, is described here with Ruth, um, this is just after uh, 
her departure and Naomi's departure and also the uh, Ruth's sister-in-law's departure from Moab. Remember, they went to Moab uh, as a family unit uh, with Naomi's husband Elimelech and her two sons, Malon and Chilion. Malon was Ruth's husband. Chilion was uh, Orpah. There we go. I had, had trouble with that for a moment. Uh, with uh, th- They all went as a family down to Moab to escape the famine that was in Israel. Well, uh, while they're in Moab, all the men die. Elimelech dies, and uh, so Naomi's husband dies, and also her two sons die, including Ruth's husband, Malon. And so they are now, the, the women are heading back to Israel, and as they are Heading back to Israel, this is back in uh, chapter 1 now, and I'll read it in just a moment, the passage I'm referring to. Naomi, there, as they're going back, she's talking to her daughters-in-law, and she expresses her hope uh, and her prayer that Ruth would one day find what she describes as a resting place, or a place of rest. So Naomi telling Ruth this, and... Uh, this was the situation that when Naomi says these words in chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, which we're going to read in just a moment, when she's speaking to Ruth, Ruth does not enjoy a resting place when she speaks these words to her. So let's look at them. This is Ruth chapter 1. Uh, so the famine is over. All three men are dead. Uh, and the women decide to head back to Israel. Actually, two of the women had never been there, Ruth and uh, Orpah. And so we read Naomi in verse 8. Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, this is before Orpah peeled off and went back to uh, Moab at Naomi's suggestion. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go each of you to her mother's house. And then she says this, May the Lord deal kindly, and there's a, there's a reference there, that's important. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead, meaning the dead men, uh, and with me. And then she says this, May the Lord grant that you may find rest, each in the house of her husband. So that verse 9 there is the important thing I want you to see. She is essentially saying there, in conjunction with, with may the Lord deal kindly with you in verse 8, she is telling them, uh, may the Lord bless you with covenant love by doing this for you, by providing you with a resting place. Now she says this to both of the women. Orpah goes back to uh Moab to be with her biological family, uh, and we don't know what happened to her. But we do know what happened to Ruth. And Naomi points out that if the Lord is kind, uh, or provides this kind of security, this resting place, which is the security, or the resting place is a metaphor for security, is a secure place in which to have uh, be provided for. If the Lord provides that for you, Ruth, it'll be as a result of his covenant love for you that he'll do so. We get that from verse 8. Although it's not translated that way in my, my version here. But it's a reference to that covenant love. Well, the Lord... Finally, in chapter 4, verse 13, in effect, answers that 
wish and that prayer that Naomi had for Ruth. She also had it for Orpah as well. But that, that, that Ruth would be provided for and would be given a resting place. And she does that, excuse me, God does that in verse 13 when it says, So Boaz took Ruth. And what that's a reference to, of course, is he married her. Took her to be his wife. And he was the provider, the means by which God would provide that rest.